Welcome to Ask Launchpad, a podcast designed to answer career-related questions when most often asked in the Launchpad at York St. John. Today, I'm joined by Dr. Jonathan Vincent, Senior Lecturer in the School of Education and leader of Pro Autism, a multi-stakeholder group made up of autistic and non-autistic people. In this episode, we're talking about what Pro Autism is and what it is trying to achieve, especially since at this time of the year, we tend to get queries from autistic students asking questions about things like disclosure to employers and how to find autism-friendly places to work. So thank you very much for coming along. Thank you. Do you want to start by telling us a little bit about yourself? Okay, so first off, um, probably worth knowing I'm Northern Irish. That's what this weird accent is. <laughs> so I'm, I teach in the School of Education and I'm, I'm course lead for the Masters in Education. Um, but I teach on a range of different courses on the undergraduate uh, education studies programs as well. I've been at York St. John for, I think, six years now. Um, and over that time, I've had different roles. When I first arrived here, my, my role was actually working within student support services. And I worked with the disability support advisors to uh, support autistic students mm-hmm. making transitions into university. And I set up the, the program that we've got running at the minute, um, now in its sixth year, I think. I also set up some of the social group activities that we have for um, autistic students. And then from that, I kind of segued. I'd been a teacher in a previous life, so I'd segued into then uh, teaching in, in the School of Education um, as a lecturer. In During that time, um, I was doing a PhD at Lancaster, um, and, and the PhD really kind of focused on the practice that I was doing to an extent in terms of uh, looking at what's the experience of, of higher education of university for autistic students, um, what are the challenges with that, um, and also what could we do differently and, and how could we mm. uh, improve that. I was specifically looking uh, to begin with, I guess, at some of the the induction things. But as I was going through and I I did some research with some students, um, a writing project. And in doing that, I I really got to understand more about some of the challenges, not just at the beginning, but the the whole way through and particularly toward the end then of the time, which made me kind of think that one of the key things we need to think about and and, uh, know more about um, is what happens next. Um, And so particularly that transition to employment uh, mm. for autistic students is, is a big issue. I work with students at all levels when, when they first come in to first year, actually sometimes before they come in then and then all the way through. And I think you're absolutely right. It's just as important to be focusing on the transition out of universities to transition in because they're equally quite huge kind of ground shifting experiences mm-hmm. for anybody. Yep. And I think particularly when you might be potentially looking at a world where you you don't know whether it's as friendly to you as it is to everybody else. Yeah. That can be quite scary. Absolutely. I um I mean I, I was I was really shocked by the fact that there was so little research done in terms of that tr- that final transition. Yeah. Um it's it's relatively well established for I guess neurotypical students as they leave university what happens next and um, but but for autistic students who can sometimes struggle with um transitions generally mm-hmm. so the transition from school or college to university can be can be difficult and there's a there's a kind of burgeoning body of research around that um which is helpful but the transition from university to what might be next yeah. there's virtually nothing and like you say that can be that can cause a lot of anxiety because you don't know what it is. At least when someone's making the transition from college to university, well, I can come and visit the campus and I can yeah. meet a lecturer and I can go and sit in the lecture theatre and go, all right, I could see how I could be here and I can see the accommodation I might live in. But if I'm making a transition from university 
and I don't know what it is next. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's going to be a job. I don't know if it's going to be in the city I live in or if it's going to be somewhere else or what it's going to be or who's going to be working there. It's a transition to the unknown. Um, and I've just published a paper actually kind of w- which is uh, in Autism Journal about that transition to the unknown and, and th- what one of the, st- the students that I uh, interviewed said it was like it's the fear of the unknown yeah. because I don't know what's next and that's that's difficult for all students I mm-hmm. think it's not that's not specific to autistic students but what is I think is is that level of anxiety that comes and is derived from challenges with transitions more generally yeah. um which is amplified for autistic students typically it's it's a really i think an important area to, yeah. to to work on i think one of the things that interests me about uh the the kind of group that we're now involved in with mm-hmm. pro-autism is that it does all of this stuff but it's looking at it very much from the point of view well how can the other people involved in that transition support how can the employers mm-hmm. um and why might they want to so can you talk me through a little bit about where pro-autism came from and what kind of work the group has been involved in Sure. Maybe I'll take a step back a little bit. So in in some of my my research before, as part actually of my my PhD, um, I had looked at the experience of of university for autistic students, and it was a participatory um, study. So I was working with current students at the university um, for them to work out what are the things that are important, how would they like to research this, how would they like to write about it. They ended up doing the data analysis with me, they ended up presenting the findings at conferences they ended up publishing the paper with me um, so it was very participatory and I, I think that approach to research is really important mm-hmm. and very good and I wanted my PhD be, to be like that the problem with that kind of approach is that it's quite slow it's sometimes quite complicated people finish university and leave and yeah. you can't keep in contact so I basically had to, to take a decision that I wasn't going to take that approach but as part of it I made a commitment to to try and make a change through it um so whilst the research itself wasn't participatory my, my phd uh, was a qualitative study that i was talking to 21 students or recent graduates about their experiences of transition out of university um and what they were telling me tended to be that it was really hard it was really difficult that it was very stressful um sometimes it was positive but but not always and in listening to that i felt like i had a responsibility to do something i couldn't just hear that and say Okay, well, thanks for yeah. telling me all that. Interesting, I'll, bye. I'll write that up for my, for my PhD. I'll get something out of this. Yeah. But this is actually quite a difficult thing for you to have to not just tell me about, but experience. So from that, I'd sort of said, look, after I finish this, what I want to do is, is try and get you back, get you back yeah. and, and look at what might be the solutions to that. So I, having completed my, my PhD, then I, um, I got a grant from the Social Innovation Fund here at the university. Um, and that was only you know a relatively small grant but that alongside a student as researcher grant Mm -hmm. i was able to to get uh, one of our members helen uh, to employ her essentially um to be a student researcher to set up the group um so she and i together kind of established it and along with um some others from united response um and a few others as well Uh, and and it was about trying to kind of put something uh, in place that was going to understand more um, from a, a wider range of perspectives, but also try and focus it on a solution because the problems yeah. were relatively well rehearsed. It's really hard, you know, um, but that I don't think just going over the problems again and again was going to be helpful. So one of the things that we did uh, initially was had a, a, a large stakeholder event kind of thing um, and was also part of that was, was some data collection uh, as well. And, uh, and that was about trying to get not just students, the, the notion that, a student gets a job 
is flawed because it's a student getting a job with an employer and their parents giving them advice and supportive employment workers working with them, careers teams, um, disability support workers, all of these different people are all involved in that. Yeah. Um, so uh, we, we wanted to look at how can we get all of these people together and say, right, here's what's going on. What, what do people see is happening here? But also what are the solutions to that? Um, and so that's our first pro-autism event, which was in June 2017 was really focused on that was saying let's let's talk about the, the challenges but let's also focus on the solutions um and that was that was really well attended there were about 70 people from not even just york right across to lancaster mm -hmm. some people came down from scotland from newcastle um from not nottingham you know all over the country really and that was really really interesting and really useful um and that's kind of where it came from i guess to an extent trying to think what can we do that would um enable these really skilled well-qualified interesting individuals who should be in work how can we how can we do something about that and the the interesting thing that came from that event was at the end of the day saying trying to set what would be our next set of priorities like what would you this bunch of 70 people what would you like us to do next um and again trying to reflect that participatory mm -hmm. uh, um approach um um almost unanimously people said you need to talk to employers yeah you could talk to us again and again, but we'll say the same thing. We want jobs. We can't get jobs. You know, there are challenges in these different areas. You need to talk to the employers. So that's really, we, we took a slightly different um, approach then following that event. Um, and that's kind of then the space that we're in at the minute. Why is this kind of work and doing it in this way around working with employers? Why is that an important thing, do you think? As I see it, it's it's about trying to, in a very small way, and by no means are we going to be changing the world, but um, <laughs> in, in a small way, trying to affect a cultural change. Um, and in terms of how people perceive um, autism, how they see it and understand it and, and how they react to it as well. I think the, the more we can, the more we can talk about it, the more we can uh, engage employers in understanding it. Um, and I think understanding it, not just in the clinical terms of yeah. you know different you know this is a deficit in this or a problem with that but talking about it from um, autistic people's experience so mm -hmm. what, what we're trying to do is to say there are some members of our group who are autistic and some members who are not autistic but having both of those voices there talking to employers enables them to see yeah. something which they hadn't understood before um and to see the strengths to see the skills to see what's what an autistic um group of students or graduates could offer their companies that goes that is different yeah. you know the, the perception they had and this is typically the case for for a lot of people is that someone with autism also has a co-occurring learning disability mm. which isn't the case certainly for the majority of students um who, who would disclose at university um so for them to understand oh right there's a group of people who would be really really good working in my company and who might be able to add something above and beyond what another person I could employ yeah. would be able to, to, to do. Um, I think that is sort of just chipping away at that mm. for employers and, and, and trying to sort of bring about that cultural change. Yeah, and um, understanding as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, in, the, in the same way that I guess it's it's been the case for the LGBT community or uh, women in work or whatever, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it is a cultural change. It's about people understanding these people's experience might be slightly different yeah. um but they're no less valuable and in fact they might be more valuable yeah. in certain areas um so i think it's kind of 
that's yeah. that's what it's about. I was definitely struck by that approach when I first um, got involved with coming along to the meetings and stuff to see what we can do. That idea that actually, why aren't we doing more to say, well, in general, you can say that it is likely that some autistic people might be better at X than another person. And as a careers advisor, I wish our students were better able to do that about themselves, mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. look at their own skills and say, actually, I bring this and I'm fantastic, so I should definitely uh, go into the world. And that's why I think this is important too, to, because if that's happening on both ends, we've got to meet in the middle somewhere, surely. Well, yeah, absolutely. I, I was struck, I, I was fortunate enough to get a uh, Winston Churchill Memorial Trust fellowship, travelling fellowship, and so I was able to go to the, the States and Canada um, and to look at different programmes um, that support students and graduates into employment mm-hmm. and, and one of the key things that they had a an organization there called ready willing and able um and that was right across all the provinces in canada um and what what they really was impressed upon me um from that was they were saying look we're not going to go to employers and say look it'd be really nice if you gave this person a job yeah. you know which it would be nice of course but they're like no, no no we're not going to go that way what we're going to say is we're going to sell them the business case for this mm-hmm. um to say this person will be better in your organization your bottom line will improve yeah. if you employ a person like this um and you put and that isn't to say you just plonk them in they'll do really well you've got to make some adjustments you've got to probably um give them some maybe some additional support at least at the beginning you might have to think about how to um change the sensory environment of your office or give them a slightly different space or allow them to wear headphones or whatever um but you make some pretty small adjustments yeah. you get a bit of support you do some training with your staff and then that person will be brilliant yeah and so it's about and and that when i came back from from that trip that was really what i thought that's what we need to do we need to not not just go to employers and say look you know mm-hmm. it'd be a good thing it's a socially good thing to do and, and lots of companies are that is important to them they want to be involved in their communities and they want to be demonstrating that social responsibility but it's not just that it is that but it's not just that it is also to say these people are it's not a charity thing it's a it's a business thing potentially for you i met head of diversity and inclusion for king games so the people that make like candy crush Mm -hmm. and she was so inspirational she was fantastic and she was essentially saying that in that industry in the creative industries and especially in the gaming industry which Mm -hmm. is exploding in the uk at the moment she said you know there are a lot of um employers that although they're never going to say ideally we'd like somebody who's autistic because of course they're not going to say that they find that naturally the kind of roles they're recruiting for a lot of autistic graduates particularly are excellent in those roles Mm -hmm. and they're looking very much at how they change elements of their recruitment process to make sure that they're pulling out the very best of candidates that maybe don't shine in other areas of a traditional recruitment process Mm -hmm. And I would obviously like to see that across all employers, Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. (laughs) as I'm sure you would too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And I guess on the back of that then, in the kind of work you've done, any conversations you've had, do you have any advice for employers who might be thinking about how to change their processes or be more inclusive? Yeah, well, I guess certainly my research has demonstrated that there's a body, there's a group of, of students, not just at this university, but right, right across the UK, right across the world, um, who are, are leaving university with degrees, undergraduate degrees, masters, PhDs even, and they are highly skilled, but they're they're not getting a job um, very often because of the processes, like you say, and those tend to be the interview processes particularly, mm-hmm. um, but it might be right from the very basic in terms of a, a job description, which might might be kind of over the top in terms of what they're saying or it might be a relatively stock you know you need to be a team player you need to be good at this and and 
the job description itself might not really reflect the job mm. all that well. So um, that that might be an area where thinking just with with someone who who might take more literally what what's said. Um, how might it be possible then to write a job description which is exactly really what the role is? Yeah. Um, how might it be to have um, an interview process where it's less reliant on engaging on a kind of a, a social level or at least you know sitting one side of a table or whatever could, could it be possible that someone comes and demonstrates their capacity to do the job for half a day or yeah. or you do tasks maybe that are more about demonstrating your skill at something it's like we need you to be able to process this data for example here's a computer here's an R could you process some data and we can see that yes you can do that and yeah. you're really good do you need to be social enough that you want to go out for drinks on a Friday night? No, that doesn't really matter. That's not going to impact on how well that person processes that processes yeah. data, um, or 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 I don't know, does anything. Um, and that is to say, autistic people can and, and often want to do a whole range of things, not just tech stuff. Um, yeah, it's about how well can you do the job, not just yeah, are are you, are you able to kind of perform well in an interview, which almost everybody knows doesn't really test whether a yeah. person can do the job yeah. um we all know that people have got jobs and uh, on the basis of interviews and you think ah you're not probably the best person for this you know it's about how well you can sell yourself how well you can answer questions and you know in a kind of extempore way say how wonderful you are and yeah. you know perhaps exaggerate and flex the truth a little bit sometimes um and that's something which autistic people often don't find an easy thing to do or, or, or won't want to do they, mm -hmm. they want to be very honest and um, so a question like well what's your greatest weakness might be something which ends to them not getting a job because yeah. they're really honest about the fact that uh, something might be a weakness where everybody knows what you really need to say is I work too hard yeah. or you know <laughs> uh, don't say perfectionism <laughs> I am too conscientious yeah. I, you know I care too much yeah exactly <laughs> you know that's it, uh, so it's those kind of little implicit a new, you know those those interviews those those processes are set up for a neurotypical world yeah. essentially and so they therefore don't capture what an autistic graduate is able to do very mm. often um, and for that reason then they, they they slip through the net you want to get the best out of the people you're going to hire and just having one traditional we have a chat we find out whether or not you answer the questions correctly isn't always the best way to do that so I think that's a, a very valid point absolutely I think more and more uh, companies are, are moving I mean you take something like Microsoft or Google they're not doing that kind of face-to-face -face, you know interview because that's not really helpful so they're looking at different ways that can be more creative I mean obviously companies like that have huge budgets and mm. whatever but they're leading the way in terms of thinking so how can we make sure that we've got that we recruit really inclusively that we don't miss out on great talent yeah um, because that is what's happening your companies are missing out on on fantastic graduates because yeah. their processes are so limited they're they're so narrow in, in what they're looking for and yeah and they can they and they they put in place things which become overwhelming not just for autistic students but for a lot of lots of students and, and graduates i guess um and in doing so they miss out or at least what they do is they they only get people who can perform in those types of scenarios or a certain type of person yeah. which again isn't helpful for a company to only have one type of person working for them they they, they unless, ought to have unless they only serve one type of customer that's yeah yeah I, yeah yeah <laughs> or do one type of thing but but i mean ideally i think anybody would want a, a team or a company that was diverse that you know people had different strengths but if your processes are are, are so kind of narrow in terms of what they they do then it's really hard i think to yeah to to get that that pull of people who reflect society 
um, and offer a range of different skills and, and mm. capabilities as well. Well, we're in a room at the moment just agreeing with each other because I think we're both on the same page with this. Um, but I do know, especially at this time of year, I do hear from a lot of, especially third year students um, who maybe have not having been able to get in touch with careers sooner. They've been focusing on their degree, which is the right thing to do, by the way. They want to do well. They mm-hmm. want to achieve. But then they get to this point of the year. They come to see careers and they say, well, now I've finished my dissertation. I have to start facing this big scary world. Have you picked up any top tips, any advice that you would give to graduates in this position? Yeah, well, I would definitely say that experience is, is what was reflected in the interviews that I did with, with students. There was a, and graduates, they, they tended to delay yeah. thinking about it. And that was, again, about anxiety very often. Um, so they talked quite often about how they were anxious about that transition because, like we said at the beginning, it's a transition to the unknown. Mm-hmm. So they tended to kind of just put their head in the sand uh, metaphorically um, and uh, and think I'm not going to think about it, I'm going to box that off and think let's just focus on my dissertation focus on my exams yeah. and again I think a lot of students do this, that's not specific to autistic students but their experience what's going through that level of anxiety is, an, is amplified very yeah. often um, that anxiety about that transition is amplified and is, is probably has a bigger effect on mm-hmm. them in, in terms of their mental health, in terms of levels of anxiety, etc. And I guess my advice would be be proactive or, yeah. or you know, as much as it's possible to do that. I mean, some people um, suggested actually thinking about it before third year would have been better. So even in first year, thinking about the end in first year or the whole way through, some of the participants said in my study, um, I wish I'd got in it at yeah. the very beginning, like I was a graphic designer. I wish at the very beginning someone had sat me down and thought, right, what do you want to do? What kind of company do you want to work for? Mm-hmm. So over the summer, let's see if we can get you a work placement in that kind of company. Um, let's see if we can get you a mentor who's a graphic designer who could work with you and could do some of that stuff. Um, and over three years, you kind of build up your capacity to, you know, to jump into employment mm-hmm. rather than it being just at the end where you go, ah, now I've got to try and get a job. <laughs> yeah. um, and that's really that's really challenging. Um, so yeah, I think being being proactive um, is a, is is generally a, a piece of good advice yeah. um, for all students, but but especially for for autistic students. Um, and talking with the careers teams, talking with um, mentors or disability support workers, etc., um, and trying to get a sense of like, so what support sort sort of support would I need? Um, what would be helpful for me? Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of opportunities are there? I think a lot of people don't know what exists. Um, and I guess that's where the careers team is really important because yep. you can say, <laughs> hey, you might not realise that, you know, you've got a degree in history, but working in a tech team or, or working in marketing or, mm. or, you know, there are opportunities open to you that you might not realise. Yeah. Um, and I certainly look back on my life and think, I wish I'd realised that too. Um, so... Uh, not not that I don't like my job. <laughs> I do. I'm very happy. But, but it took a while yeah, to get. Yeah, well, it did. Yeah, yeah, I did. And um, so uh, I think, yeah, working with those other people to support you in that mm. um, and, to, and to see what kind of opportunities are. And then you can begin to put together something which is a plan. So it's not a, a transition to the unknown. It's not what's... It, it might be something much clearer to you. Yeah. It might even be, I think I want to apply for this job in this mm-hmm. type of company. Um, and I could go and I could visit that and I could get a sense of would I fit in here? Would I feel comfortable here in this type of place? Would 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 I feel confident about disclosing to this sort of company? Yeah. Um, and, and you get a sense of the culture there. You might think, oh, I want to go and work for, I don't know, Microsoft. Mm-hmm. But you might then go and visit it and think, oh, I really wouldn't want to work here or, you know, any company. It's, Sure, yeah. Microsoft is wonderful, but um, you know, you could go anywhere and think and think that you want to work there and get there and realize yeah. this is not for me. 
Um, so being proactive and, and giving yourself the opportunity to go and find out um, about the company, I think, is, is really good. I think that's really great advice. I also think that taking those steps, especially the one about showing an interest going to visit the company using their services if that's a possibility getting to know all that stuff is more likely to get you a job anyway yeah. because you will show probably more than most other people applying that you are really genuinely interested i'm obviously delighted to hear you say come see your careers team because um, everybody definitely should but especially one of the things that i think is really important i work with a lot of students but this is often really useful for autistic students is to look at translating the stuff they already know into a career skill mm -hmm. because for example if if a student has been spending lots of time with the study development team learning how to perfect writing assignments and doing essays and doing and doing referencing if you're looking at a bunch of quotes and picking out the most appropriate ones that's very similar to looking at a job description and making a decision on whether or not that's worth you applying for mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it's just translating that skill from one to the other mm -hmm. and that's what that transition out is so as much as I absolutely agree, if you are a first year and you would like to get involved, please do. We are here all over summer. But actually, if you are a third year and you think, oh, well, it's too late for that for me, it is not the case that you shouldn't come and see us because it's too late. We offer our students and graduates career support for life. We never let you go. You one of ours. We work at your pace and at your level. Mm -hmm. So if a student comes to see us and um, isn't quite ready yet for that leap to be making applications yet, okay, great. We'll do some practice ones. We'll yeah. do some mock interviews until you do feel ready. And if you've got an interview coming up with a, a job, but you think, I don't know what to expect from this company, contact us. We can do some research we're all really nosy so we'd love to know what that company does in their mm -hmm. recruitment mm -hmm. practices anyway and we can help prepare you so that you don't feel quite so on your own when you step into that room a really important thing to remember is i'm in a similar boat to you i love my job now but i've had 11 jobs since i graduated and i graduated wow. in 2011 uh, um, but that means i've also had a lot of interviews i've mm. applied for a lot of jobs i've taken a lot of opportunities and it hasn't always gone the way i think it will mm. um but it is a process and I've definitely figured out what the process is. So for any students who think, well, I want to figure out what the process is, that is what we're here for. Um, so do remember that we are here to, literally I wouldn't have a job if I wasn't here supporting students. So right. thank you so much for coming to talk to, um, to me about pro-autism and all the brilliant work that you're doing today. Is there anything in particular before you go that you would like to plug? Um, sure, I mean, if you, um, I, I don't know if I've fully explained, I guess, what, what Pro-autism does. Mm. <laughs> Maybe I should have done that at some point. Um, you can splice this in somewhere yeah. near the beginning. Pro-autism uh, is is made up of um, autistic and non-autistic uh, members, um, um, and what we are interested in doing is is talking to employers, um, those in industry, about what skills, um, what what autistic people um, can bring to their company, what differences and challenges might might be associated as well, but particularly kind of thinking about. Um, what what they can um, add and the value that they could add uh, to, to companies and, and industries. So as part of that, we, we run workshops um, and training with employers. And that training is tends to be somewhere maybe two or three hours, um, uh, or it could up to be half a day perhaps. Um, and we've done that training with the um, Chartered Institute of Professional Development. We've done it with the NHS uh, teaching hospitals. We've done it a whole range of different um, organisations, some big, some small. And it's an interactive mm -hmm. workshop. It, it uses virtual reality um, technologies that were developed by BBC Cape, um, uh, who one of which uh, Lena, who, who who works as part of that, is autistic, um, and uh, has developed this really interesting way of kind yeah. of being in a sensory environment 
and using virtual reality to, to give uh, people a sense of what that might be like for autistic people. Um, not all of them, but but some at least. Um, and uh, so the training is, uses that type of thing. It's very discursive, it's quite active, etc. in terms of how we, we like to do it. And it's always co-facilitated by an autistic person. Um, and that, the idea is that our workshops are kind of designed to get people to understand a bit more about autism um, but also to see the strengths, to see not just what the difficulties are, but what, what somebody could bring that would be different. And sometimes those differences are the strengths, mm -hmm. um, but it depends how they're how they're understood, depends how they're perceived. Um, so yeah, I, I would certainly encourage employers, if you're interested, to, to get in touch. Uh, we've got a website, which is www.proautism.org.uk, and you can find us there, or you can send an email to hello at proautism.org.uk we're also going to be doing the york festival of ideas mm -hmm. um uh coming up in june on june the 12th from 6 30 to 8 30 um, at york st john's you can get tickets on the website the york festival of ideas website and again that's going to be a really interesting session some of it will be a little bit like what one of our workshops is like um, and it will also be a panel discussion with some autistic people about people at different points of their careers um, and different experiences about um employment and what's worked and what could what could be improved as well um, but that'll be a really interesting panel discussion as well yeah and i'm look, really looking forward to that as well so i hope to see lots of people in the room there so thank you very much i will put links to all of those in i want to call them show notes we're on a podcast why not so if anybody wants to uh find out any more they'll be able to do that quite easily there and thank you very much pleasure <laughs>